0: Christ is risen. He is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christos inviat. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just a reminder throughout the entire Apostle season, it is our tradition to greet one another when we see each other with Christ is risen. There's probably a graph somewhere out there that charts the sudden increase of pronouncements of Christ has risen. And then about the second, third week of Pascha, it has a drastic drop. So let's skew the numbers. Let's put it back up there. When we greet each other in church, outside of church, let the joy of the feast continue. We stand this Sunday in the middle of the feast of the mid-feast. We heard it just a few moments ago in the triparia. In the middle of the feast, O Savior, fill my thirsting soul with the waters of godliness. As thou didst cry to all, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. O Christ God, fountain of life, glory to thee. The church has always used Basic mundane things to bring God to the faithful water, oil, bread, wine, all of these basic elements, basic things that we're used to throughout our life. We cleanse ourselves. We eat, we drink. But in the light of Christ, all of these things are taken up by the Holy Spirit and transfigured. Throughout this past week, and as we move forward, the focus of the church has been on water. With the paralytic who wants to be put into the water, to the midfeast and its themes of waters, of godliness, to today this Sunday of the Samaritan woman, whom our Lord meets at the well of Jacob. All of this water reminding us, echoing of the waters of creation, the waters that were spread apart for the children of Israel to flee Egypt. All of this, of course, echoing in our own baptisms, the water in which we were plunged into and brought up into newness of life. All of this transformed with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And throughout this time, we are already looking. This is the mid between Pascha and Pentecost, that what our Lord has done in his descent, his death, burial, descent into Hades, the harrowing of Hades, and then his being risen from the dead, and we look just two weeks, week and a half away from his ascension into the heavens and that we look just on the horizon Pentecost is coming the church knows as I was talking about that trend of Christ is risen it knows there's a downward trend and of course it is at this time the church re-infuses us looking to take the mundane as we have definitely settled back into all of our routines that lent and Holy Week threw off. We're definitely firmly back in those routines. At least I am. I don't know about you. This morning, the church brings us to Jacob's well. To the blessed encounter of our Lord with a Samaritan woman, whom the church knows as Fotini or as Svetlana. This encounter has so many subtle shades of Meaning. But one of the main themes that we see in our Lord's encounter with Fotini is our Lord continuing to raise the conversation from the mundane into the realm of the spirit to things of the kingdom. This is our Lord's, as we've already referenced, this is the way the church and our Lord works with us, taking the mundane And then giving it a depth of meaning, of purpose, of direction. But there is especially something that we need to note, not just in our Lord's approach to this woman, but our woman's response to our Lord. This is not someone who is put off. Can you imagine you're in the checkout line at Kroger or Aldi's or wherever you get your food? And somebody just starts talking to you about living water. (laughs) Starts taking whatever it is that you're, you know, checking and like going off and talking about things. And you're just like, okay, hurry up. Let's go. Let's move. I don't know what's going to happen here. The Samaritan woman's response to our Lord is that she keeps digging in. She's keeping the questions flowing. She doesn't do the cold shoulder. She doesn't just walk away. She's connecting the dots. She engages. Remember, all of this happens. What time does this happen? The sixth hour. What time is the sixth hour? Does anyone say it's the sixth hour? Noon. (laughs) What else happens at the sixth hour in Scripture? What else happens at the sixth hour? The crucifixion of our Lord happens at the sixth hour. There is the mundane. What happens at the sixth hour? You go outside at noon. What's going, what are you going to want to find very quickly? Especially now, shade. Right? Because the sun is at its zenith. It is radiating heat down. This is why they're at the well. This is why the disciples are going in. To the city to get lunch. There's also the depth. This is the hour of our Lord's crucifixion. This is also in the tradition of the church. The sixth hour. We sing of this or read of this in the Psalms. What What is that the noonday? What happens around the noonday as well? Asidia From the Psalms. The demon of noonday. Despondency. Despair the heat is out, maybe it's right after lunchtime, we typically call this, you know, nap time. But this is the depth, also the sixth hour has the depth in the tradition where all the questions, all the despondency, because why am I here? What is going on? What is the meaning of all of this? This is the time, this is the encounter that our Lord has with this woman, For her, it is not the sixth hour of despondency, but it's the sixth hour where she begins to encounter our Lord and move towards him. There's an incredibly important part of this conversation where there's depth and our Lord is building depth and Fotini is following. Then there's a sudden, sharp, deep reality uncovered. So the conversation gets serious. It's no longer just an interesting conversation. Maybe we're going to have, you know, coffee later and have some interesting conversation, talk about things. This is where our Lord reveals to Fotini. She's right. She has no husband, because she's had five before. Can you Imagine an encounter like that? You're just having a conversation. You say something that's true. But there's a story behind what is being said. And our Lord nails it. He goes there. He takes it now. It's like shifted gears. We're in a different place now. The vulnerability of Fotini. To not be so ashamed. Or cower or retreat. But to keep there with our Lord shows the, d- the depth at which she is no longer just drawing from the deep well of Jacob, but now she is encountering, as she soon discovers, the one whom her own people have been looking for, the Messiah. It's no longer ideas, this is reality. This is where ideas and reality hit. This is a microcosm. This is an icon of our life in Christ. Growth in Christ usually goes like this there's interest. We find meaning. We start connecting the dots, how things hold together, whether or not this is our first encounter with Christ, or whether we're growing up in the church and at some point we have to take on the faith for ourselves. And Christ is present. He draws us to himself. But it's the questions that we have, the interest, that keeps us moving closer to him. And at some point, there is the deep encounter where everything is laid bare. Where we are truly seen in all of our nakedness. All of the depth of whatever we have done Whatever, whatever we have left undone. And that is the moment where we either turn deeper or we step away. We allow the vulnerability or we put back our, on our armor. This isn't just a once-in-a-lifetime event. This is a steady, regular event Where Christ draws us to himself and he reveals to us, sometimes through mundane interactions even. Our children, our spouse, our friends, that lovely person cutting us off in the traffic. There's an exposure. What do we do with it? Right after this, this is... John loves to do this. There's a revelation of Christ. He is the Messiah. And what does scripture tell us? What happens right after this? Not rhetorical. What happens right after? He reveals that he is the Messiah. The disciples appear on the scene. (laughs) There's a deep encounter... And all of a sudden, the disciples come in. They're like, you can imagine them, almost like uh, the little dwarves coming through with the song from, uh, not Cinderella. Snow White, White, right? hi ho ho. Like, they're just like, we got the food. We're going to eat. Let's eat. I'm hungry. The whole scene is just completely thrown off. They don't ask any questions. It makes a point, the gospel. They don't ask questions. They just see, they're like, oh, that's weird. And they continue on. What does Fotini do? The woman, Fotini, leaves her water pot. She goes into the city and she starts preaching. The church names her equal to the apostles. Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? She's still asking a question. And what are the disciples? in the meantime, Scripture tells us? the disciples are like, "Rabbi, eat, sit, we've got food." <laughs> and our Lord does exactly to them what He had done to Fotini. "My food is to do the will of him who sent me." And there I, John is funny. Uh, who gave him food? What's going on? I don't understand. <laughs> I'm confused. We just brought the food. Did we just go to the city for nothing? Oh, well, I guess that's more for me. There's some dad probably somewhere in there saying dad things. And our Lord turns and says to them, Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. What are they concerned with? Their lunch, right? And the Lord says, lift up your eyes. Look, the fields, they're ready. They're white for harvest. This is also the reality for us. We see the example of Fotini. What was her original mission? I'm going to go get water. What is her mission when she goes back to the city? Bring back the water? What'd she leave? The water pot. She can't even bring back the physical water. But she comes back with the water, the true water that she has encountered She comes back into the city and she, notice, what is her message? It's not, you know, this is the Lord. This is, I met a man who showed me everything about myself. Could this be the Christ? This is exactly the encounter that feeds, that brings others to Christ, your encounter with Christ, when you are like Fotini and you allow him into the depths to break open past the armor into that place, that darkness, that brokenness, whatever has happened in the past, shown you everything that you've done. That is then the beginning, not only of your own salvation, of drawing upon the waters that will heal. It is also the salvation and the beginning of salvation of those around you. Because she does to the people of the city of Samaria what our Lord did. She asks questions. She begins the approach. She is not a great theologian. She's not a priest. She is not someone incredibly well versed. But she is someone who has encountered our Lord in the depths, allowed him in, and then from that encounter goes into the world. Not ready to hit people upside the head with the truth, but to invite them in to that same encounter. Could this be the Christ? Could be this one that I have encountered that has healed me, that has brought up the depths and exposed everything to the light. Could this be the one that could do this for you? The fields are white for harvest. We live in a time. There is something going on in the water, as it were. A lot of folks who ask a lot of questions, who are looking, who are searching, they need answers, but more than answers, they need to encounter those who have actually encountered our Lord and are ready to invite them into that same relationship with Jesus. Don't hear me wrong. They need to hear the specific teachings of the church. But if it's not modeled on the encounter of Fotini, you're just going to give them a whole lot of information or your opinions and not our Lord. Will we be like Fotini and leave our water pot behind because we have encountered the waters of godliness? Or will we be just focused on our lunch? We've got bread. We're okay. The Samaritans, as we see at the end of this beautiful encounter between Fotini and our Lord, the Samaritans are converted not because of the apostles, but because of Fotini, equal to the apostles. For as we hear at the end of this gospel, the Samaritans who've come out And spent time with our Lord. They say now we believe. Not because of what you said. Though it is completely important. You have to say something. You have to actually ask the question. To those that you encounter. And present to them what you have encountered. But for the Samaritans. It is we ourselves have heard him. And we know. Because we have encountered him. That this is indeed the Christ. The Savior of the entire world. Christ is risen. Indeed. Indeed. Christ is risen. Indeed. Christ is risen. Indeed. Christ is risen. Indeed.